0: Welcome to Making Old Friends, the podcast where four old friends reconnect to discuss life, faith, relationships, and more. I'm
1: Zach. I'm Michael. I'm Tyler.
2: I'm Hannah.
1: So, we got a question that we didn't do last episode. Zach, would you like to read it? Because I can't find it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'll find it. Um... We Yes, we got a question that we did not answer last week on our uh, grab bag questions episode, and we thought that we could probably make a whole episode out of it, so we decided to do that this week. Um, the question that we got was, while sharing your stories, there were several times when being a Christian was referenced as something sort of like a sliding scale, like more Christian or less Christian, or as a collection of practices that were learned while growing up. Can each of you give us a short definition of how you personally define what it means to be a Christian? Um, so yeah. I think like if you if you start with like the technical or short definition of a Christian it's actually like fairly simple I mean there's creeds you can look at like I, I was like actually pretty interested. So I looked up the Nicene Creed, which is like the oldest known uh, Christian creed. I think it's from like 300 something AD. But basically like the definition has more or less stayed the same. There's a couple core beliefs that all Christians believe. But what's more interesting is like kind of, I think it's a little tongue in cheek when we talk about things being like, like being a good Christian or like a bad Christian or like whatever. I mean, we all know that like technically that's not really how it works, but it, is interesting that you have those ideas of like what's more or less Christian. Um, so yeah, we thought that it would make an interesting topic and why we kind of have those thoughts or um, uh, I guess like shared set of practices that kind of create a Christian culture sort of.
1: Zach what is the Nicene Creed or at least what are those core beliefs then yeah the
0: Nicene Creed is like pretty pretty long um cliff notes yeah uh basically we believe in one God father almighty maker of heaven and earth a couple other things we believe in one Lord Jesus Christ the only son of God uh Begotten, not made, of the same essence as the Father. I'm skipping bits and pieces. Um, Talks about the Virgin Mary, talks about how he was crucified and he rose again, according to the scriptures. Talks about how he'll come again and his kingdom will never end. And then we believe in the Holy Spirit, the giver of life, uh, with the Father and Son. He's worshiped and glorified. Uh, We believe in one church. Um, We affirm one baptism. We look forward to the resurrection of the dead and of the life, and to life in the world to come. Amen. So basically, it we believe in God, like, we believe in Jesus Christ, we believe in the Holy Spirit,
1: and sounds, a couple other things. It sounds like the standard beliefs page on any church's website, which I think is interesting because every church, not every, almost every Christian church, right? Uh has a very similar beliefs page some you know there could be some little differences about social things or whatever that they have tweaked pending denomination or whatever but for the most part it's pretty much what you just said but
0: yeah a lot of times there's something about the inerrancy of scripture in there which isn't specifically in the nicene creed but at the same time it's like less than 400 years out from Jesus' crucifixion. So, like, then we're super worried about that at that point in time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it has remained, like, relatively the same for a really long time.
1: I think it's funny or interesting, at least, how, depending on denominations or just churches in general or even people within churches, like, how, for the most part, if you asked pretty much any Christian denomination what their core beliefs are would be kind of that same, the same set of beliefs, but how they are lived out, they can be lived out so dramatically different (laughs) just from church to church, you know, location to location, denomination to denomination, so, um, and probably even amongst us and people we know too, so.
0: Yeah. So uh, to kind of dive into that question, if somebody wants to sort of, I guess what would honestly be more interesting is to sort of talk about um, that idea of a sliding scale. Because I think that we're all pretty comfortable saying like we know what a Christian is, but like the idea of a good Christian or a bad Christian is... Um, can be a really interesting topic because you definitely, like, grew up feeling like some people were better Christians than others.
1: I think... Not to put Hannah on the spot. Sorry. <laughs> um, But in your guys' story episode you said... Um, like, I think we asked, where, where do you stand now? And you said something like, I don't feel like I qualify yeah. as a Christian. <laughs> Would you stand by that statement two months later?
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: So would you care to expound on what qualifying means?
2: Okay, so I think for me, when I think of a Christian, I think of John 3:16 for God so of the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall have everlasting life. Shall not perish, see, guys, shall not perish but have everlasting life. (laughs) Oh, um, (laughs) oh no, I'm rusty. (laughs) Um, anyways, so like, but it's whoever believes in him, and that's always what I have kind of based whether I am a Christian or not, or whether somebody is a Christian or not. It's always, do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe that he died and he rose again? And for me, I don't – I don't know – because I don't know what I think about that. And I don't have an assurance in that at the moment. I think that that's why I would say I don't know if I qualify because if I walked into a church – and I explained where I am, people would probably be like, oh, she's lost, you know? Um, yeah.
1: Interesting. When I think of Christian, I have always thought, or at least for a long time, have thought of a Christian as someone who is trying to live life like... Jesus or be a little Christ, right? Christian. Um, So it's interesting to hear that you like associate it with a verse specifically or that, that verse. But so in my, in my view, I guess, I mean, I don't really think of it as a sliding scale. But it's just like either you are trying to or not, and that is your journey. Um, And we are humans, so you're going to fail in that a lot. But the idea is to continue to get back up and keep pursuing um, living life like that. Now, obviously, there's some beliefs in there as well, because why are you caring to live like Christ did unless you actually believe he mattered, Right. Um, but I mean I guess I've never ventured beyond like I've always viewed it very simply right there was Jesus he died came life he said do love your neighbor <laughs> you know he had his f- 33 years or three years of ministry uh, and it's written and documented fairly well you can read what he said, and you can live like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess I never really—I've never really thought more in depth than surface level. And honestly, I feel that way about a lot of things, for better or worse. But sometimes I feel like I feel like we do overcomplicate stuff a lot. Sometimes surface level is, you know, simple works, right?
0: Yeah, I think you have to be a little careful when you start saying that a Christian is somebody who's trying to live like Jesus. Because there's a lot of people who are trying to live like Jesus yeah. who maybe don't believe all the things that Christians believe about Jesus. Um, like there's a lot of like Jews who think that Jesus was a fantastic rabbi and a lot of them think that they should live like him but they also don't believe that he's the son of God and they wouldn't consider themselves Christians
2: yeah I was going to say because like I know for me at least like I think Jesus was if nothing else an inspiring historical character like He was a cool guy who loved people and at times loved people radically for the time that he was alive. And that's how I would like to live my life. But again, as far as, like, the baseline, was he the savior? Just my standpoint of, like, I don't know. I'm not opposed to the idea, but I don't know. So, like... Again, what I, what I qualify, you know, Michael, on your kind of standpoint of, like, what a Christian is. I'd like to think that maybe some people might say that this is just, like, a way for me to, like, question or whatever, but still have, like, assurance that maybe I'll go to heaven. That's a whole nother topic. But – I would like to think that if Jesus is who he says he is and God the same, that they would see that I'm trying at least, you know, and if God is gracious and loving, you know, I don't know. It It is one of those things that I do kind of see as like, maybe not as scale, but um, not necessarily black or white. It's more gray, if that makes sense.
3: <laughs> yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, So if I'm... I have a lot of different ways of trying to think about this. So I remember being a kid and I was trying to think like, I was always trying to figure out what made people a Christian, Uh, because if that's like what defines whether you go to heaven or not, like as a kid, that terrified me. And so I was always like, all right, I really need to make sure I fit that label. Um, And so I think what I tended to think about it was just kind of like. You know, we would make this like assumption on people like, um, you know, if you're living by a certain amount of these uh, values and you say you believe in these certain things that makes you a Christian. But there's, you know, there's some sort of line that you you lose that, I guess. And like culturally, we we have a I guess we judge each person based on like how Christian or not Christian they are. Right. Which I don't I don't really know what the standard is for that. Um, I never did, um, but if we're talking about it as like, and maybe this is slightly off, but if we're talking about it as like how much you believe the proposition of, you know, the the Bible, I guess, in general, all the the claims, that's kind of more... An interesting topic to me as far as like can you partially believe something um, I guess it, def- it depends on what you define as believing something right um, and in that case that kind of is an interesting one I think for Christians um, so I don't want to get super into this um, but I, I was thinking of this and I thought of, um, I mentioned that I had read the God delusion as part of my journey and it's written by Richard Dawkins. I don't like the dude, but as far as the, the things he said in the book, some of this is kind of interesting. I think it sparks conversation. So he tried to break down like milestones, I guess, of belief, uh, for theism or atheism. And kind of stated like these seven different like strong theist de facto theist leaning towards theism completely impartial and so on Um, and these are differing like you know somebody who is a hundred percent sure of the probability of god uh summarized i do not believe i know um, all the way down to somebody who says i know there is no god it's the same exact conviction but on the you know the inverse right um you know so i wondered i think when i was going through my journey i was like i could see myself going down those milestones kind of um where i was more like oh i'm like i'm 100% christian and now i'm 90% and now i'm 80% right like it was kind of a measurement of my uh, assuredness of what i what was being proposed in the Bible, right? And that's kind of what I measured my Christianity as, you know? Um, And at what point during that process, my question always was, at what point during that process am I a Christian? Like, when do I stop going to heaven? Or, you know, some of those interesting questions kind of came up. But I'm interested to hear, do you guys think you can... Is it a... binary? Can you only believe or not believe? Or is there some, some middle ground there?
0: Yeah. So I think it's interesting because I think there's definitely middle ground in terms of theism, in terms of certainty in particular. Um, You can certainly be like mostly sure that there is a God or not sure if there is a God or sure that there's not. Um, but I think Christianity in particular is um, very exclusive, which I think is honestly like the problem that a lot of people have with Christianity is that it is very particular that you, you have to believe certain things in order basically to have assurance of going to heaven. Um, Like you have to believe that Jesus Christ was the son of God. You have to believe that, he lived a perfect life, uh, and that he died and that he was resurrected. Um, and that you also have to believe that believing those things, uh, is a saving faith that gets you to heaven. Um, and so because there are such specific things that scripture as as the holy word of God says you must do like there's not really room for an in-between there.
3: I I've always wondered something and I just kind of want to know what you think about this. Do you think it would be reasonable to say that the proper position for any given person should be agnosticism? Um As far as, like, until you can know everything, can you know anything for sure? You know, and do you have to know for sure that Jesus died, was resurrected, all those things? Or do you just have to be reasonably uh, certain?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's... For me, that's the idea of faith faith is choosing to believe something even though you cannot be certain of it and by saying like yes I choose this thing that's what determines whether you're saved or not
1: like I, I have no way of knowing right it's impossible and I think some people will say that they know like you know it is like you said it's their conviction they know for sure Um, and here's to them I guess if that works for them but and I think I think I know people in my family who would say they know maybe I will know someday Um, but the I've kind of always been you know a 95% right like yeah it's a choice. I choose to believe. Honestly, it's I feel it. I think of it like, either I'm right, or I'm wrong, and I'm choosing to believe one way. If I'm wrong, well, then I'm going to be wrong. But at that point, what's it matter? Because I was wrong. So, you know, I choose. I choose to believe. Jesus, the Son of God, died for our sins was a kid you know the whole creed um could i be wrong yeah i could is there a chance i'll, I'll i will acknowledge that it's not impossible but i that's what i mean kind of what i said earlier like i view it more simply like either i'm right or i'm wrong and i'm gonna look at it i'm gonna choose to believe that i'm right <laughs> and We'll find out someday, but I think that's a big, I think that's where I'm not saying Christianity is the only faith or religion like this, but, um, Christianity as defined at least biblically is not particularly works-based, right? So you can't, although people will try and people have done things, but it's not really outlined that you're earning your way into heaven. By doing good deeds praying X amount of times a day whatever um, so you don't get to check your boxes and say well I've done all these things in my life I'm a good person I get to go to heaven in reality Christianity is saying it doesn't matter what I do I'm already hosed from the beginning right I should still try to be a good person because that's the right thing to do but acknowledging that what you do and your works mean ultimately nothing. It's who you put your faith in and whether you choose to believe that, you know, you're sinful and you're accepting that gift, right? That forgiveness. So I think I see a lot of times that's the hardest thing for people I've talked to, like accepting that, well, I'm a good person, right? Uh, if you ask anybody on the street, are you going to heaven? A lot of people, not everybody, a lot of people will say, well, yeah, I'm a good person. But like accepting that that means nothing, right? And that you have no power over it. But...
3: I think... It, uh, I'm trying to not push too hard, but I'm kind of curious. So, um, you said... Specific, uh, I'm trying to remember it now. You said basically that you choose to believe, right? Um, I just kind of want to know: Do you think that you can choose to believe something? Um, I, I know what you mean is probably more like you choose to trust that it is true, or choose to proceed as though it's true. Um, you know, but I wonder, like, you know, if you are truly saved by your belief. I'm wondering if you can choose to believe something so like I think back on my experiences and for me the way I got to you know my beliefs now it was based on um, everything that I'd heard and evidences and stuff right that just convinced me Um, and belief was a an effect of that right so like i was convinced and therefore now i don't believe um but there's no way you could say like hey choose to believe all of a sudden it's kind of like if you were to say like choose to believe that trump wasn't our president right as much as some people would like to you know they can't um you could you could say it but you wouldn't be able to change that belief that you have like you know that's the truth um so i think what i'm trying to say is like is it even really a choice to believe or do you do you think that maybe like what saves you is your trust more so so not the fact that you're convinced by it necessarily but that you're saying like you know i doubt this heavily but i'm choosing to proceed as though it's true because i'm you know i'm trusting
1: this might be a terrible analogy but i'll go for it so it's like getting on a plane do you know that the plane's going to fly you from point a to point b without crashing no you don't you don't know that but you believe it will <laughs> you trust that it will and you get on it and proceed through life that it will right will it potentially crash and burn there is a chance, but you're not going to, you know, and and you're aware of it. You're aware that it might, you might be wrong, but you're going to proceed on the plane. Some people are nervous flyers, more, more doubtful, more questioning. And some people are, you know, I know the plane will get there. I fly all the time. I'm not concerned at all. And they live life and proceed that it's going to get them from point A to point B. And they have that full trust. I would say I, Maybe a little bit out there analogy, but I think it kind of is on point living life like it's going to like, that's what counts, right? Like that is what matters. Living your life. Like Jesus is the son of God. God is real. Um, we are created in his image, died for our sins, rose again, you know, the whole thing. Um, could I be wrong? Certainly. But if I'm wrong, a whole lot of people are wrong and maybe somebody else is right. Or maybe we're all wrong. Um, but you know taking that making the choice to proceed in life and I think it's trust might be a better word in some ways or having faith you have faith in your plane right it's the faith in what you will never know and I think fundamentally that's an important part or a key part of not just Christianity but I think a lot of religions would say that you have to have some extent of faith in not knowing um I mean at its core do you really want a god of the entire universe who created everything um to be fully understandable by your human brain? So like if you could understand all of it, well then you know what what's the point? At some point you're going to have to stretch out of your comfort zone and just trust in something. Maybe it's all I mean, simulation.
0: <laughs> Everybody's Everybody's trusting in something, right? Like even even you, Tyler, as an atheist, you're trusting that there is no God. Like you're not afraid of hell because you're trusting that there is no God. So you've put your faith in the idea that there is no God. Now you can say that that's an evidence-based belief and that there's not actually any trust involved, but you're in the same boat as all the rest of us is that you are working with incomplete information. So you're still yeah choosing
3: that belief right. I, so i agree um i think yeah and you'll find that there's actually a lot of atheists who still worry about hell too um particularly particularly the ones who have gone through traumatic experiences with the church right who have been terrified of hell and who have kind of been threatened with that right um i don't experience that myself but i do yeah i mean that I, I, to some extent you have to, now I would never say that I'm convinced as an atheist that there is no God, you know, that's why I choose to say lack the belief, right? Um, Because I would never propose that I know there's no God. I don't, you know, just I'm I'm trying to be honest. Um, And yeah, I guess guess you do take that risk of like, I could be wrong. It's kind of like the, um, what's Pascal's wager, right? yeah Um, i've
0: actually always wondered like how you deal with pascal's wager
3: yeah so with that one it tends to fall on um you know the proposition that there's tons of gods right and i don't know how you would choose because they are mutually exclusive a lot of the time and so you kind of have to pick one and that leads you to this situation where you're choosing the one that you grew up in just because that's you know That's the one that you you're biased towards, I guess. Um, And there is something to be lost, I believe, if you do choose to believe, you know, maybe not for our case. Um, Maybe we see it as more like just a net positive, right? Um, But there are a lot of religions across the world that just choosing to believe could be really, really harmful to a lot of people, you know? Um, So... yeah yeah that's an interesting one um hmm.
1: at the end of the day one of the four of us is wrong
0: <laughs> that's true or more than one of us at least one of the right. four
1: of us we could all be a little <laughs> right we could all be a little wrong I, we could all be we could all be very wrong
2: this is true
1: maybe hinduism is the way to go <laughs> <laughs> i don't personally believe so but
3: yeah that's an so you you mentioned faith to um and this is one that I've often heard and, you know, I figure we're just going down rabbit trails here. So I'm going to keep going down them. Um, you, you mentioned faith, uh, I've always got this one, this one's kind of interesting to me because I'm wondering what, as far as faith, like what kind of thing could you not justify with faith? Right. So I'm, I'm kind of interested one, to hear what your definition of faith would be and two, um, is that a is that a reasonable thing to go off of? Because you know, I, I'm sure you could think of some other religions that would go off faith and they would do terrible things, right? And then you would be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Faith is not something you should be going on in this case," you know. So yeah, what, what would you say? Um, what would you say faith is?
1: I would say faith, at its most simplest definition, would be like kind of like a said of plane, not just trusting or not just believing in something, but trusting it and acknowledging it and living your life as if it's correct, as if it's true. So of something that you, well, you can have faith in things that you can see too. Like you have faith in your plane, right? Um, but from a spiritual sense, I would say it's from stuff that you cannot know for sure. Right. You, we were not, you cannot prove with your human existence that Jesus is, God. You can't. Um, So, I feel like that's where the simplest definition of faith. But when you mean like, where is the line, right, of what you wouldn't do? Um, So... You mentioned, like, other religions, right, that would do terrible things. Or, heck, even ones that will call themselves Christians, right? You have cults, you know, who definitely say they're Christians and so-and-so cult leader is the son of God. He's the second coming of Christ. Um, I feel like you have to go in that situation. Like, I, honestly, I would love to know how people end up following the beliefs because people come from regular churches and regular lives and end up fully invested in these cults, right? That their leader is, you know, the son of God, they've changed their whole faith to believe that he is it. And outside of the 50 of them or so nobody else believes them, right? Everybody thinks they're crazy. So I am curious like how that works, but another day, um, I think for like where the line would be, You'd have to go, I mean, in my life, I guess you'd have to go off of precedent, biblical precedent. Like if it's going to be something that is, you know, I mean, and you can say there's a biblical precedent in the Old Testament for a whole lot of horrible things, Um, which, again, is probably a whole other episode of Old Testament, New Testament, Old Covenant, New Covenant. Um, But. I would have to go off precedent of Jesus and New Testament. That would be where I would come from. So like if you were going to be, I do not believe that I'm in a spot where I could have a vision at night and I was going to go wake up and kill my sinful neighbors, right? And if I did have a dream at night to wake up and go kill my heathen neighbors. I wouldn't do it i wouldn't think i wouldn't that would be beyond my faith right i don't think i could i don't think i would be able to see that as being a divine vision right being God, i would say that was me Um, because it would be so out of his new testament character
3: okay i see so you're saying basically faith but with the caveat of having some kind of precedent so like not just completely unjustified faith where somebody would say like, oh, you know, I feel like I should just wipe out the entire town, you know, because some spaghetti monster told me to. You you go more like, okay, yeah, I get it. And I think think, think
1: humans have a, for the most part, I mean, you've talked about this before, for the most part, human beings have some sense of what is right and wrong. Right, what is being kind and loving to other people, and what is being evil or hateful or things like that? Um, I don't think you're ever going to be in a spot if your f- faith is telling you to do something that goes for the most part into hateful, then I think you're in the wrong. Now, I think
0: that's kind of slippery, though.
1: It is slippery because you're also going to have to be like you're unique, but. You can't go kill people. <laughs> like I'm not I can't kill people. I can't steal from people, right? You're supposed to clothe the naked, feed the poor, you know, take care of the widows. If you're doing the opposite of that, you're wrong.
0: <laughs> I think faith has to be reasonable. Um I think faith and hope are really strongly related. Uh, having faith in something is meaning that you you're hoping that that thing is going to pan out. Like you're putting action to a hope, essentially. I think is a good idea of a good way of thinking of faith. Um, I think it is like there have been times where my faith has led me to do something. That feels contrary to my conscience or my natural instinct, things like that. And I think that's a really interesting thing to explore. You know, if there have been times where I have given money to something based off of faith and not based off circumstantial evidence of how that was going to work out or how that was a good decision. Or like a big one is holding to a biblical ethic of marriage. Can for a lot of people seem unloving, or can for some people seem to be denying their very identity or their nature, and people still do that based off of faith. You know, like I, I was just listening to a podcast with a woman who uh, identifies herself as a lesbian who holds to a biblical ethic of marriage. And believes that it's wrong for her to be in a relationship with a woman even though that's the way that her body chemistry uh you know leads her so i think there are situations in which if faith can cause you to do things that don't feel right to you
1: but as in asking you specifically faith is caused you to do things that don't make sense or might not feel right or go against your character but has it led you to do anything that you feel like was wrong like like, harmful to another human harmful to other people yeah well no
0: but I mean I think that just kind of depends on like your ethics
2: I do think that faith leads some people How do i say this i do think this is why i think that it's really important to have a strong um baseline of like what christianity is because i think that sometimes faith which i'm kind of getting from this conversation can be can even be different depending on who you're talking to can lead people to do or say things that may be harmful to other people for example people who won't serve i'm not saying that they don't have the right to do this or whatever but people who won't serve a gay couple a wedding cake because of their faith you know what i mean so i don't know i think that's
1: certainly and i agree and i would say that faith can cause people to do things that are harmful to other people in our eyes but to them they're not harming anybody they're doing the right thing
2: right on kind of that note but also kind of circling back around we were talking about like being saved and being a christian do we think that those are one and the same
3: yeah I think so I, yeah, I, I would say so I don't know how you could separate those two necessarily maybe you could but I don't think that follows from
1: it would be I mean certainly you could live like we already talked about you could live based a life based on the teachings and qualities of Jesus but if you're not you know That doesn't make you a Christian. That makes you a pretty stand-up person. The Christian connotation comes with also, you know, the beliefs, right? So if you're believing in that, it goes back to John 3.16. If you are believing and you are a Christian, then you would be saved, right? So.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's... An interesting uh, conversation to have is um, the numerous people who believe that they are saved and constantly feel like they are a bad Christian. Um, that has definitely been my experience at times growing up, feeling uh, less of a Christian than someone else because I didn't read my Bible as much or I wasn't as loving to other people or all those things that we see as Christian virtues. I think the... uh, How do I want to say this exactly? The church has a way of emphasizing those things, Christian virtues, as a measurement of whether you really believe what you say you believe. Um, And that can, in cases, be harmful to people who don't feel like they have it all together. Um, I think there's kind of a lot to unpack there, but that's kind of what I've got right now. Yeah.
2: I think it's interesting that like the scale sort of of you're a good Christian or a quote unquote bad Christian varies even depending on culture. You know? So like whereas you know Culture even within just America or culture outside of America. But like, you know, we're in one space. So like maybe in the community that we grew up in or in America, like if you don't read your Bible enough, you feel like a bad Christian. But like in another culture, that's not quite like the same. So that's why I don't think that that's like a good – um determining factor like the good christian bad christian necessarily of like whether somebody's a christian or not if that makes sense because i do think that it's something that just varies so much and from what i've read or maybe experienced have you ever heard that saying like jesus knew what he was getting into when he chose to love you right like i just i i don't see the minuscule things being as important when it comes to are you a christian or not but i don't know because i don't know
1: <laughs> i'll say like personally i never i mean i i prayed the prayer right when i was like four years old so you know in my life and then more personally and for real when i was 14 but um i have never really in my life ever struggled with am i you know where am i on the scale am i doing good am i bad i've never it might just be my ego that i i can't be doing bad right (laughs) Um, and that's true. But personally, it's not something that I've ever really, you know, struggled with or feeling guilt or feeling shame. Um, And honestly, only until recently, last year or so, really, and then talking to you guys and then talking to some other friends, I kind of realized that this is actually a really big thing for a lot of people. This is a routine struggle. And I still don't struggle with it. Like I said, I just kind of either I'm right or I'm wrong. And I'm totally, it's, uh, I, it is binary to me to go back to what Tyler said. I do feel like it's more of a binary thing and not a, you know, a scale. Um, but I really never, I never knew or, and I really can't begin to understand. I'm only learning to understand now that this is such a big struggle for people. Um, and it might be my family. It might be our church. Um, where it wasn't, I don't feel like we got in my upbringing, I don't feel like it was, you know, as emphasized on works or, you know, well, how you're showing that you are a good Christian. I just don't think it came up, but you know, I, I, we have close friends, mutual friends of the four of us who I've talked to recently. And like, they have been, you know, they feel like they've been beat on for, since they were 11 years old and that they can never live up to their expectations and they've just given up on it. It's like, you know, that's a very real thing for a ton of people that I've personally never encountered, but, um, it is interesting hearing more people's experience with that.
2: This is something I've experienced a lot. Um, And I think it's interesting because I do think that like people feeling like I'm not like a good Christian or whatever is like a very like personal just kind of like how they take in things. So like for me, I have pretty much always struggled with anxiety like pretty intensely and for a very long time. I felt like I wasn't a good enough Christian because I struggle with anxiety. And if you've ever read the Bible, it is very clear that you should not be anxious. And it was one of those things that like, I don't know why I had that mentality. I now know like I am not, I'm not wrong because I struggle just because like that's, that's just how my body is. That's just kind of. Me, you know, that's something that I struggle with. Um, And, like, I now know, like, I am not wrong. I am not broken. But for a long time, that would kind of help. That was, like, a – that was my personal, like, meter of, like, I'm not a very good Christian because I've been really anxious lately, you know? But it's not something that I think is biblical, if that makes sense. So, therefore, I think it's invalid, In that context, if that makes sense. Did that make sense?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think we do um, not the greatest job um, explaining, especially to kids in the church, the difference between justification and sanctification, Mm. Um, you know, becoming more like Jesus is something that the Holy Spirit does in you over time. It's not something that you do. Um, you know, and I think that that's a thing that can be harmful to a lot of kids w- with anxiety or, or with, uh, you know, a, a performance sort of mindset like myself. Um, you feel like you have to be consistently getting better. Um, you feel like you have to be desiring more of Jesus all the time. Like I had the hardest time, like not feeling like I didn't want to read my Bible because it was kind of boring when I was a kid. And I always felt like if I was like a good Christian or like sometimes even like a real Christian Christian, Shouldn't I be at least developing more of a desire to read the Bible? Um, And that's a hard thing to put on a kid, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: That's right. Oh, there was. They were just on like 45 cassette tapes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah
2: they had the like medieval music at the beginning of everyone oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> cuz it was written king james mm-hmm.
0: vivaldi's four seasons <laughs>
1: for um it is kind of on the the guilt thing like we we mentioned this uh, i shared it with you guys a week or two ago um, but just the the one one specific Catholic church I was working with and you know this is a common theme in many Catholic churches but the idea of you know the concept of confession um, and just kind of the list of this isn't obviously I feel like there's a lot of Catholic churches and it's a very broad thing right not all Catholic churches are like as quote-unquote hardcore right with different rules and patron saints and things but There is a lot of people out there who, you know, are part of their belief, and I guess this might lean towards kind of the work side of things, of like, going in and you can't be right with God until you've gone and confessed your various sins to, I believe, it's a priest, right? So, like, I mean, I'm not, I haven't subscribed to that mindset. (laughs) Um, but like, and you guys probably can't answer cause you're not Catholic, but like, do you think guilt plays like, cause I feel like it plays a crucial role or maybe not guilt, but shame, um, a crucial role in like, you know, their everyday journey. Cause if you are, you do you have to keep track of every major wrong thing you do so you can remember it to come confess it later? Um, And in some cases, it's not even things that are like super wrong. Like one of them was, uh, did you, you know, spend money on luxury instead of, uh, investing in other people or the church? Like, so if you bought yourself a boat, do you have to like, is that something you need to repent for? Like, I mean, I don't really know, but it just seems like it's such a staple for not really the realm of Christianity we grew up in, but
0: interesting thing about catholics a lot of times they pray for god to forgive them for the sins that they have forgotten about just so that all their bases are covered <laughs> just I like mean, a,
1: that's a good prayer you got to have a catch-all on there right if you're gonna not, keep track <laughs>
0: it's not really a bad idea but i also wonder why they just can't pray that one and not think about the rest of them that's true
1: just pray that one every night before you go to bed yeah. you'll be good you'll be good.
0: Or just, you know, believe that your sins are forgiven. and that works too. See, but, that,
1: that's, I mean, I am not here to speak on Catholicism. I have literally no idea. Um, but it is interesting to me.
2: Yeah. I feel like every time we talk, I have like a million things to think about after. Because <laughs> I love hearing like... Zach had such a different perspective than I had, especially. And I always have like days worth of things to think about. And it just sends me down like a bunch of rabbit trails. So thanks.
0: And if you, dear listener, have (laughs) things to think about or things you want us to think about, you can feel free to let us know at uh, makingoldfriends at gmail.com or on our facebook page or our instagram page
1: you can send us private messages if you don't want people to know like this one yes
0: and maybe we'll turn your question into an entire episode
1: in summary from where we started what is a christian i think we all kind of i don't think we settled on a on a complete answer that we all agree on i don't think we will but the original question was in a couple sentences what would you say christian is
2: I think a Christian or what I think of when I think of a Christian is somebody who believes that Jesus was the Savior that he died and he rose again that's what I think a Christian is
3: I think I think a cultural Christian is somebody who is at least in America, it's somebody who generally follows a set of values and traditions that we would all kind of agree as being Christian, right? Uh and then I think like biblically a Christian at least in the version of Christian or Christianity that we grew up in, it you know, it generally is defined as somebody who believes slash follows Christ. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, I mean, scripture's pretty clear that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you're saved. And I would say that that is what makes you a Christian. I would also say that that should be evidenced by a desire to do what he says is right and a desire to love people.
2: There we go.
0: Thanks for listening to Making Old Friends. Our intro music is by Scott Holmes. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Making Old Friends. And you can also get in touch at makingoldfriends at gmail.com. Until next time.